I'm licking my lips so that my mouth is nice and wet so that I can speak. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my lord, I am Matt. And I'm Joe. And this is Queers, Queers with Queries, my darling. So, how are you going, Joe? I feel like our routine has been so out of whack with exams. Um, <laughs> I mean, not that I'm doing them, but... <laughs> How are you feeling? You just literally did your last exam of your degree, so... I did. Yay, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, just going to insert some applaud, uh, applause in the background. Um, Was mine not enough? <laughs> um, no, it wasn't. Sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, no. so episode eight will be the final episode of the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> She said, I quit. How dare you? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am feeling... I've got another, like, five ideas lined up. <laughs> not right. not for this. <laughs> Sorry, I... you, you're, you're on the road to graduation. How are you feeling? <laughs> yes, I'm feeling very tired. Everyone's like, oh, my God, congrats. I'm like, look, I haven't even processed this. I'm honestly just, like, dead at this point. Um, so that's fun. I love um, that. I love that you're like, yeah, I finish my degree on Thursday. How about we record another episode Thursday night? I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> Joe is driven. He does not stop. <laughs> Literally, the hustle just never stops. You just got to keep going, you know? Like, um, no, I am, I am like a workaholic. And when it's not like work and it's not uni, then I just find other things to fill up my time. Because otherwise, I think it's partly because when I'm left to my own devices, I start thinking and I don't like to think because thinking is tiring and thinking makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I mean, to be honest, I am not a workaholic, but I'm, I admire that trait in you. I'm like, Oh. No, 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 sweaty. Like, I don't think you understand my... But, my... like, it means you achieve and you get shit done. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, but speaking of me finishing my exams and just exams in general, um, our topic today is pop psych. I am a psych student. I am kind of, like, meh about pop psych um, as, all, as all people who studied psych like academically are bound to be because you're taught that pop psych is like, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> and as a non-psych student, I'm totally excited <laughs> by pop psych. <laughs> That's like, fair Wow, enough. body language, so exciting. <laughs> and never underestimate the power of body language. <laughs> <laughs> if I stand like this, it will increase my... <laughs> testosterone levels (laughs) oh yikes wow um that's just like (laughs) me watching like one youtube video before this episode like yep i'm ready (laughs) that is i know everything there is to know about psychology myths (laughs) and and other exciting fun psychology stuff which actually in case you did not know what pop psych is shall we give a definition sure So, pop psych, and correct me if you have a better definition, pop psych is kind of like psychology that's watered down for popular consumption. (laughs) Um, it's, It's kind of like a lot of it is not, you know, academically, like it's not rigorously and empirically tested. It's just observational stuff. Um, yeah. 
but I mean, there is there's definitely some like um, overlap between you know like academic psychology and like pop psychology in that you know sometimes things theories originate from one and then make their way into the other via diffusion. Um, and then there are certain things that pop psych comes up with, and then people test empirically. Yeah, um, but yeah, because I've seen a few pop psych things that have been tested and found to be true. Um, but then a lot of the other stuff is just BuzzFeed bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it's weird because there's now this middle ground of like applied psychology, which is basically like the psychology that they put in like when that they use for like things like marketing behavior change social media um which i i guess kind of feels like it's more related to pop psych but has been you know tested and there are theories and models about how things work um so that's just the the kind of landscape that psych is at right now um right i mean but then like psych is always changing and like this stuff the models that we're using now is gonna like it's gonna change in like oh, yeah, five definitely. years, and then we'll be like, "Oh, that was fucked back then." Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, much. like a lot of people still practice like kind of like Freudian psychology. That's so gross. And Ew, no, really, no, not a yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, because Freud's the kind of psychologist where you like lie down on the couch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, no, but psychodynamic. here's the thing. Um, here's the thing with Freud. Like, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and talking to a psychologist. That's just that's just normal, like, psych, like, CBT or whatever. Like, you do that in CBT. Um, but the thing with Freud is that he was, like, he was a big yikes. He was just like, <laughs> let's, let's give people drugs and ask them a bunch of leading questions until they somehow unwittingly admit to being sexually assaulted or wanting to fuck their dads. Um, and then uh, <laughs> after we get them to admit it, let's just say that they've been cured because we gave them a whole bunch of drugs that stopped them from getting, you know, experiencing hysteria. Um, so he was a bit of a yikes. But a lot of fun, a lot of fun ideas. Yeah, Dreams reveal just, something about you. Definitely. Uh, the ego, the the other ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that people still think of, like, the, the things that Freud said as, like, psychology. Like, fucking... I, I don't want to drag her too hard, but RuPaul. <laughs> oh, yeah. RuPaul, she's right, always on is, her podcast talking about, like, the ego. And she's like, the ego is your inner child, and it's trying to protect you from the world. But you need to thank your ego and then say, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure that's not how the ego works. That's not what the ego was in Freud's work and not in Carl Jung's work. But go off, RuPaul. But, Joe, how could you criticize RuPaul? She's the, the most successful drag queen. Of course she knows everything. She's also a transphobe, but we don't talk about that. Um, and she also fracks, which is not great for the environment. Um, but, Disgusting. You know, yeah, we don't talk about that. Not here. <laughs> oh, the fracking. <laughs> Have you seen that the video? Frac- um, <laughs> I haven't seen the video, but I've heard plenty of it. <laughs> Like she doesn't even <laughs> does she does she know what she, like what she's doing? She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Um, yeah, RuPaul definitely knows what she's doing. Um, but anyway, so um, pretty much done with my entire undergrad. Um, really interesting thing though, in my undergrad I studied a unit um, 
at mm. the School of Education as a breadth. Um, and they were talking about the Galatea and the Pygmalion effects. And I was like, huh, I always thought that this was just pop psych, but apparently people have actually done studies on it. Obviously, like, the model is a little bit airy-fairy. It's not like, let's get into the neurophysiology of this, which, it's stupid. Like, it doesn't need that. Um, it's a it's a pretty general theory or a general model of how, um, you know, motivation works. But I find it really interesting that basically um, the biggest predictor of um, high school students success academically was them believing that they could do well and the second biggest predictor was their teachers believing that they could do well i um i back that fully honestly it's just about manifesting right i mean (laughs) (laughs) honestly like i don't know if i go back on just like school (laughs) in general it was just like because I thought I could do it and like teachers reinforced that for me and they already had an idea about me so that they get, I think they would have given me maybe more attention or like expected I could do more. So then you fit that belief. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Absolutely. It just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the white ladies from Fitzroy who wear chunky necklaces and walk barefoot on the streets call that manifestation. And we just call that, psychology and the self-fulfilling prophecy um <laughs> and what wait what are they fulfilling what do you mean w- wearing the i forgot what you described but oh, the Fitzroy um, the, ladies the, the, the chunky the chunky <laughs> the ch- necklaces and walking barefoot on the street no they call that manifestation they're like if i believe i can do it then i can they're like i'm manifesting my destiny um, okay. I would call it a, a, a mindset that, I, that I'm that i very skeptical of. So basically, some white people, I, I shouldn't say that it's white people, because there are people who aren't white who believe in this, but I would say that it's a, it's a mindset that's predominantly white, because white people have the structural kind of privilege to be able to say, if I believe I can do it, then I definitely can. Um, but basically, it's middle-aged white women who live in Fitzroy who wear chunky gemstone necklaces and walk in the streets barefoot who are like, they believe in this thing called manifestation, which is like, the more you think about something, the more it's going to happen. So basically, they make like these vision boards where they like paste up in these vision boards, like giant mansions in Torak. And they say, if I look at this every day, then one day I'm going to buy a giant mansion in Torak. Honestly, it's true. You want that dream Rob, dream job? Uh, Strut the street like you are already in that dream job. (laughs) Honestly, I think I've given that advice to people. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, here's the thing. Um, They believe that that it works spiritually, like they're, they're attracting that vibe to them. Mm. Like they think for them it's a spiritual thing, which I'm I'm like you like do we really want to go there? Like because I'm sure that there are plenty of you know underprivileged uh, POC children living in America, which is just a giant debt machine, who dream of going to Harvard but aren't going to go to Harvard because that's not how how privilege works. That's not how the education system works. I'm like. Henny, that's not how manifestation works. Like, uh, like a like a poor child living in the third world can dream all they want about living in the first world, and like realistically, if if 
manifesting is all they need to do to get that, then I don't think it's really going to work. But okay, sis, go off. <laughs> so we just have to manifest within the realm of our privilege. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Manifest lower, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Aim lower. The universe can't give you everything. Sorry. You know, if, if a manifesting is lifting you out of some sort of darkness... Go, Go for ahead. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I I don't have an issue with people kind of falling back on it as like a as like something that they believe in if they've already done everything they can and they're like, all I can do now is just believe. Like, I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to believe something. And I think, well, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's just if you have a belief in yourself as with w- whichever effect it is, the Pygmalion or the Galatea, I can't remember. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to start performing that way. If I tell myself I am bad at my job, I will have, I will lack confidence and then I will perform less at my job. Yeah. But if, yeah, if, if I say I'm good, then I'm trying to fulfill that expectation I have of myself. Oh, absolutely. Um, So that's manifesting. Yeah, like, that's that's kind of, like, the practical way to think of it, which I 100% agree with. I believe that the things that we tell ourselves become self-fulfilling prophecies. Um, mm. And I also think that when you think about a specific goal constantly, then it becomes a part of all of your actions and the things that you do. Like, you're automatically more aware of opportunities that present themselves and how they relate to your goals if you're constantly focused on your goals oh absolutely because if, if, if it's just one little dream that you think about every now and again but you're not actively pursuing it of course you're not going to get there yes <laughs> so um in the real world we call that the galatea effect but galatea. if you are a if you are a middle-aged white woman living in Fitzroy, by all means, go ahead and call it manifestation. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Fitzroy and just the North and just anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, like, doesn't have to be Fitzroy. You can be, you can, you know, live anywhere and and believe in manifestation as long as you're privileged enough for it. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) let's... Let's move on from that, because it just became a bit of a roast of, like, the the manifestation believers. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to slap my wrist after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just the (laughs) self-flagellation. No, I I don't really... I don't see that for myself. I'm not manifesting that for myself. (laughs) No. Oh, I was actually manifesting more whips. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, someone's a bit of a a masochist, damn. Um... No, um, I'm I'm manifesting no haters. I'm manifesting only love. Sorry, good vibes only. <laughs> Fucking good vibes. Oh, Christ, no. <laughs> Sorry, good vibes only here. Good vibes only is like the bio, which... Oh, the cliche bio, um, which equates to when guys put on their Tinder bio, oh, you... You want a bad boy? Well, that's good because I'm, I'm bad, bad at everything. At everything. everything. Such a cliche. <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. Every second guy has that on Tinder. You're like, what the fuck? Why do you have this? That is good vibes only. <laughs> yeah, that is honestly good vibes only. But yeah, let's talk about Pop Psych. Um, Pop Psych. I mean, we just talked about the Galatea, but did we go into the Pygmalion? Okay, so 
wow, we really talked about that the entire time and didn't bother to define them. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I love that. So, the Galatea effect is um, basically when someone's performance is enhanced or hindered by their personal belief in themselves. And it's basically a self-fulfilling prophecy where if you believe you can do something, then you're going to act as if you can do something and you're going to approach it from a mindset of I can do this rather than I'm overwhelmed by this. And as a result, you know, your performance is improved. Um, and the opposite of that is basically if you don't believe that you can do something, um, then you will, you're, you will behave in a way that reflects that belief you know, mm. um, and your your mind kind of becomes its own worst enemy because you think about it as if it's some insurmountable task and as a result, you have a harder time doing it. Um, the Pygmalion effect is when someone else believes that for you uh, or about you um, and then that impacts your, your uh, I guess, your performance. So Because what is it like, I believe you're let's say smart and driven and therefore i have those expectations that you're going to succeed maybe right. that's for example academically um and because i believe that of you you're going to change your behavior to fit that expectation and then you will you'll show behavior to me that reinforces that belief i have in you pretty pretty much but it's also externally like enforced so um, basically, for example, like what you said with your teachers, like if your teacher mm. thinks, you know, that you'll do great, then they'll also give you a little more attention, um, re- you know, regardless of if they know that they're doing that or not. Um, and that then has its own effect, right? And yeah, likewise, if your teacher, if you rock up first day and your teacher thinks, oh, now trash, this, person, this person's trash, you're not going to do anything with their life then they won't give you as much attention and then again it will fulfill their belief because yeah. you probably won't perform as well i saw I mean, this one oh sorry you oh, go no, no no go ahead i saw this one study <laughs> and by that i mean an example in a youtube video <laughs> where they basically all these kids started school and they told the teachers they're like all right those three kids over there they have, they're wicked smart. Yeah. They have these, like, hidden talents. They have extraordinary IQs. And so the teachers went into the school year believing this about these students. And so the kids were all given an IQ test at the start of the year. They're all average. But at the end of the year, those three kids that were told, that the, were told to have special talents had higher IQs by the end of the year. Probably because the teachers gave them more attention. Oh, absolutely. Like, people think that IQ is something that's, you know, genetic. And it definitely, here's the thing, it partially is. But your IQ is also, you know, influenced by your environment. Like, literally, children's IQs drop over the holidays because they're not using their mind to such a, you know, they're not using it as vigorously as they do during the school term. Um, but and Tommy was on brain is... training and his didn't drop a, <laughs> drop a percent. I mean, like, but here's the thing. It's like IQ isn't like, it's supposed to be a measure of your innate intelligence because it's something that you're not supposed to be able to study for or train for, right? 
Um, but oh, at it can the end totally of the day, be trained for that. Yeah, exactly. If you are using your mind vigorously every day, you know, working at complex problems and and abstract thinking, then you will just do better at IQ tests, regardless of what your kind of like innate level of intelligence is. Um, but anyway, we're we're getting a little bit off topic here. Um, but the Pygmalion effect, that's great for kids who who, you know, people believe that they're that they're good um and they are, you know, good at what they do. Um, but I guess the flip side of that is that students who kind of end up in the education system who, you know, maybe didn't get the most attention, um, or didn't get off on the best foot in terms of like their academics, um, it's kind of like it's it's pretty fucked up for them. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you're rocking up to school, they think you're a low performer, they put you in a, in a lower performing group with other lower performing students, you don't learn, you're not challenged, you don't get advanced. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing with that, though, that's like, here's the thing. Um, and I don't say this to be like, oh, I'm great. I'm a great educator. No, but like, um, when I'm tutoring at the center, a lot of the, the students who who go there, like people, like, I don't know, um, some of them are like really great and they're there to get ahead. And obviously because it's a tuition center, some of the students are the ones who are struggling at school and need a bit of a hand. What I've found is that a lot of the kids just like they they lack the confidence and the trust in themselves a lot of the times um and if you treat them as if they don't know what they're doing then they won't know what they're doing but the flip side of that is what i found is that when i approach every single student like they they are extremely intelligent but are just lacking the like they they have the the you know all of the building blocks that they need to to figure everything out it's just a matter of teaching them how to do it um and if you work on like a strengths based approach that's you know more tailored to their strengths rather than what they're not good at they do so much better like really it's insane yeah i gotta say when i tutored um yeah i i wish i used that approach more often because i think I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is great and all, but like, okay, you really need to refine refine these kind of analysis points. Um, and when you're just picking out the bad, what are they going to believe in themselves? <laughs> you got to give yeah, them a little I, bit like, of reinforcement. Here's the here's the other thing that I found out with that. Um, like, I guess the the whole like oh strengths based approach thing. That's kind of what I do with like my younger students at the center. Mm. Um, with my with my year 12s and year 11s, it's like, yes, here's, here's the positive, but here's also, you know, the negative because they need to hear it. Like, they need to know what to fix. Whereas, like, with the kids, you have time to kind of help them with stuff. Um, and they, they have the time to, you know, um, kind of put into those things. The most important thing, honestly, in primary school kids and, like, lower secondary is, is just getting them confident in themselves and stuff oh. like that. God, this reminds me of like a story when I was like in year five, you had to like take, you know, your reader home and you do your little summary in your reader about what you read in your book. And my year five teacher, if you, if you made a, like a spelling error or a grammar mistake in your summary, she would send you to the prep room to correct right. it. Yeah. Did I tell you this? Yeah. yeah to you correct did, but, it. but do tell our listeners. <laughs> uh, hello listeners. 
Yeah, she would send you to the prep room to correct your mistake in front of the preps. Even if it was just a minor spelling error. Of course, year fives are making spelling errors. That's humiliation. That's so embarrassing. Um, And I think, like, her belief was that, oh, they'll never forget it if they've been sent to the prep room to fix it. But also, that's just going to, (laughs) yeah, destroy their self-esteem. And I remember just, like, crying and going up to her and just being like, why are you doing this? I was gutsy back then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is awful. Cause I had told mom and she's like, what? You need to talk to her about this. So I was like crying. I'm like, you can't do this. That's so, so embarrassing. Te- telenovela vibes. Very like I'm the protagonist of this story. Yes. And then I left the fucking school. <laughs> Love I'm that. like, I won't have this. <laughs> Can I please speak to your manager? No. <laughs> um, oh, I did. <laughs> I I've spoke been to all of her managers. <laughs> I, I called a meeting with the whole school staff. The school board, even. <laughs> she had won Best Teacher Awards as well. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> How dare you. No, dare um, you. that's, yeah, that's pretty fucked up honestly for a teacher yeah. to do oh um, for sure um yeah. but so what was that that was yeah we were on the pygmalion effect right yeah so but um just, don't let others opinions of you like <laughs> yeah to, to finish this kind of area off did you have a specific teacher in your schooling who who changed the course of it for you who like you know actually bothered and put in the time with you and treated you like like you were, you know, intelligent and good at what you were doing so that you actually bothered to to try? Oh, heck yes. Like, literally after leaving that school and going to a new school, my next year five teacher was like, what are you kidding? You're great at maths, Matt. Um, and yeah, really reinforced that and always challenging me and like, yeah. And I And then I wanted to impress her and do well. I just remember that so fondly. What about you? Yeah, honestly, um, that was... So, all of, like, year one, two, and three, I could not be bothered... Oh, wait, prep one, two, and three. I couldn't be bothered at school because I could barely speak English. Um, I was doing terribly uh, at everything except maths because my parents pretty much, like, taught me everything in advance in maths that I needed to know because it was that one subject that they could kind of like help me with because you know maths is universal there's no language barrier to it except like worded problems that we do we weren't doing a bunch of those in year three um (laughs) so yeah like could barely write in English was having trouble with the reading um but I'd like that I think that kind of changed in year four Mm. when I had a teacher who actually bothered to to work with me to improve the problem rather than just complaining about it. <laughs> right. um, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm actually like, you know, I can do, like, I can do this. And the funny thing is that after that, I became better at English than I was at maths, um, <laughs> which is you know, a very, very, like, non-Asian stereotype. Asian stereotype is, like, all Asians are good at maths. I was, like, literally in, like, year five being, like, I can't math. No, I I could math up until, like, year 10, and then they kind of, like, lost me at hyperbolas. I was like, what are these? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I tried year 11 methods, and I was like, you know what? I 
I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'm sure I could try, but I don't want to. <laughs> to my credit, though, it was like the hard version of year 10 maths. It was like, because I was in the selective class, they made us do like hard maths. And I was like in year 10, looking at my like maths book, being like, what are hyperbolas? I don't get these. Why are there two different lines on this graph? <laughs> <laughs> the limit um, does not exist. The limit Quite does literally. Not... I, I understood That's from that. that. I understood that. Yeah, um, yeah, I understood I, that. That was my one favorite thing. Like yeah. when there was like a picture of Lindsay Lohan out on a maths textbook, I was like, oh my God, it was real <laughs> maths in the movie. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. The asymptote oh. never reaches zero. I know the actual word for it. <laughs> <laughs> the asymptote? Yes. Oh my um, God. But let's talk about pop psych versus pop psych, psych. As, as a discipline. <laughs> I mean, I, oh put me on course. What what does this mean? <laughs> so, as you know, as I kind of alluded to before, people who study psych academically look at pop psych and they're like, "Oh, gross," um, because it's it's watered down and it's not it's not like vigorously tested and proven and all of that. Um, but I saw a really interesting interview with a woman who who used to be an academic but then became like a behavioral like she calls she calls herself a behavioral researcher um and i think she made one really good point which like it's like eh like i i kind of don't want to agree but i'm like it's fair enough mm. um she was saying with the academic world of psychology everything has to be so strictly controlled and empirically <clears throat> empirically tested and they, you know, they want to control every single variable. If there's one flaw in their design, they'll be like, our design is not, is not, you know, perfect. Uh, let's leave this as a, as a suggestion for, for further research to then improve on our thing. And it takes years and years and years and years, like, for anything to happen, for them to come to a consensus on anything, right? Whereas yeah. with pop psych, because they've gotten rid of all of that, that extra stuff it's just like here is the theory yeah it's like here is the theory here's how we've kind of like tested it on a rudimentary kind of level um you know here's our here's our basic model of it now go out and and do what you want with it like it's like it's obviously not perfect but you know it has its that that i guess is its kind of strength that's why it's so appealing because it just kind of this is out. what I've noticed in my own life. Yeah, and, and it cuts out the boring stuff. Yeah, it cuts out all the studies and statistics and just says, Yeah. <laughs> did you know that if someone looks this way and then this way and then nods their head, they're like really fucking in love with you? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so insane to me how they just like draw conclusions like that. But it is what it is. That That's I mean, the appeal of it. <laughs> and like, what are your favorite pop psych thingies? Oh, mama. All of their <laughs> shit on body language. They're like, oh, if they cross their legs, that means that they don't like you. Oh, oh I'm crossing cross my their, legs right if, now. If they, if they cross their arms, then it means that they're defensive. Um, I'm like, I think about that every single time I cross my arms. I'm yeah. like, oh no. Open, open. <laughs> it's like, mama, they could just be like, crossing their legs because they're gay 
They could be crossing their legs because queers can't sit properly. They could be crossing their legs because they need to pee. They could be crossing their legs because, I don't know, they're wearing a dress or a skirt. Like... (laughs) Yeah, they're crossing their arms because they're cold or they don't know where to fucking put them. (laughs) Right? God. Um, Uh, I mean, I always do this one, like, hand across the chest and then, like... (laughs) Hand yeah. to the cheek, like kind of that's, pondering. That's so, yeah, that's so, that's, that's so gay. I, I was, it. my neighbor came out and chatted to me and I came out and sat, just like stood on the, on the, what is it? The porch. And I did that kind of, that stance <laughs> with, yeah. the, with the hand to the cheek. Hmm. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, isn't she gorgeous? <laughs> it's very. Come around for a wine later. It's very like if you had like one of those long cigarettes the with the holders the, the yeah, cigarette holders would, right. you would it would be very Cruella de Vil mm. and I mean that in the best way possible Cruella de Vil is so fabulous but I mean it is kind of we do make judgments based off of the way people stand so that's something interesting to yeah. look into like which I'm sure can be backed yeah. up in a study like it it can definitely be backed up and studied and i'm sure that people have studied it but what's what's interesting to me is how like broad they make these generalizations to be like it's like maybe if they're crossing their legs it's because they're gay not because they don't like you or um you know they're like uh oh if they're sitting in a group the person that they're pointing their feet at is the person who they think is the most important or the person who they want to impress the most and i'm like are you sure about that? Or is that just because people's feet tend to face forwards? So the person that they're facing, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, honey, chill. Yeah. Um, I actually sat next to the person who I think is most important. <laughs> <laughs> um, other ones are like learning styles. Is that a pop psych thing? Um, oh, okay. Here's the thing with that. The watered down version is kind of pop psyche, um, yeah. It's, but but there are like actual psychological studies into it. But it's it's a lot more. Um, the models that you that are like that people are, are studying are a lot more um, specific than the ones that you see on pop psych. Like so and so is a visual learner. So and so is a whatever. Like it's it's a lot more. Um, how would I put it? it's split into like smaller categories than that. Um, uh, but honestly, if you ask me to name them, I wouldn't know because there are so many and it's been two years since I last looked <laughs> at developmental psychology. So um, yeah, it, yeah, that's a fun time. Honestly, I don't even think I could, I don't know what type of learner I am, if even if there are types, but I like pictures. I like hearing shit. I like reading shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mix it all together. I don't know. I don't have a preference. Yeah. Um, although a video definitely takes preference over reading. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> really? um, yeah. What a... Another one kind of like sticking to your gut or something in a test. Yeah. Um, like- so that... <laughs> just bullshit kind of stuff. If you're in a test, I would actually encourage you to use your brain not and your not gut. your... No, your gut. <laughs> yeah. um, if your brain tells you C is the answer, yeah. go for that. What's, what's interesting about that is that people say don't change your answer. Go with the one that you went with on your first kind of like guess. But there is no there is no evidence to support that 
your your answer that you chose originally is more likely to be right. What what the reason why people think that is because if you change your answer and you got it right, you're less likely to notice it. But if you change your answer and you got it wrong, when you look back at what you got wrong, you'll notice that the that the thing that you picked before was the right one because it sticks out to you more. So because it sticks out to you more, you think that it happens more often when really like that's not necessarily the case. And let's be real, like you switched between both of them because your gut was telling you <laughs> to choose both, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like um, it wasn't like you read the question and your gut's instantly like seek. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Because so, then your your gut instinct was also to change it. So like <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Um Stupid. so that's a fun one. The other ones that are like really interesting to me are the the pops like like attraction cues. Ooh. Um, remember where there there was that whole thing of like a hundred questions to ask on a date that like foster oh, the, attraction. The thirty six so questions. That's so dumb. No, um, no, this is cosmopolitan Bible gospel shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually pulling out the thirty six questions of the date. There's a whole musical podcast about it. I recommend wow. you listen to it. <laughs> it's honestly great. It's about these two two people. Um, they like get married, but she lied about her identity the whole time in the marriage. Like oh she changed God. her name and everything. <laughs> and then she finally reveals it to him and then they get divorced. But then she comes back and she's like, okay, I'm ready to actually be me this time. You want to do the 36 questions to get to know each other? <laughs> it's actually fucking great. Like, listen, 36 questions. Listen to that podcast musical. Yeah. Um, and then you and then you stare into each other's eyes for four minutes at the end and you're meant to fall in love. I think That's... the idea... Well, I think this the idea behind it is that when you get to know anyone, you have more empathy for them. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah. Uh, also, what's really interesting in terms of, like, attraction cues and whatnot, when this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I can't believe people people believe this, and I can't believe some of the people who give out these tips have, like, paid, co- like, courses that people pay for. <laughs> someone has once said that if you stare at someone's lip like lips or like their bottom <laughs> lips specifically when they're talking, um, it automatically makes them think about sex specifically with you. And I'm like, no. Like <laughs> I, I I heard that and I was like, this is hilarious. I was like, men really think this is true. That is like, like <laughs> how stupid can men get? I'm like, oh my God. Like it's it's always going to be a hack, right? <laughs> right. And I, I'm like, really, like, you, like you, you can't, you can't foster a romantic or sexual or a relationship that has both elements to it. Um, it any normal way, you just think that you have to take a shortcut, and apparently that shortcut is staring at someone's bottom lip. Like, no, they're just going to think you're a little bit creepy. They might be like, is there something? Is there like something? on my mouth like is there something in my teeth like is there now like i don't know has my lipstick smudged like sweetie (laughs) i don't understand how you can believe that and i don't understand how people who give advice like that can 
charge money for courses. I'm like, honestly, at this point, like, I like, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna make a course, guys. <laughs> I love those ads on YouTube. It'll be like that guy. He'll be like, "Hi, I'm not that attractive, but." <laughs> Keep listening to this ad and I'll reveal my number one secret how to get laid. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I'm like, I don't, like, somehow the, the YouTube algorithm for the longest time just didn't know how gay I was. They just kept on, like, giving me, like, ads oh. where there were guys talking about getting in women's pants. And I'm like, wow, this is a really big market that there are so many ads about guys wanting to learn how to sleep with women the easy way and I'm like because apparently you you can't just foster a relationship with someone you can't have a respectful mutually beneficial sexual relationship you'd need to manipulate someone right oh <laughs> <Like>. absolutely <laughs> well I one of them was like um oh don't just say hey to them on tinder you gotta say hey you're ugly oh no whoops I meant to say you're beautiful look at that you just got her attention <laughs> <laughs> That's so. This is like you're gonna stand out to her now, and in you <laughs> first, you've offended her. You've you've made her vulnerable. Um, <laughs> you've ch- challenged That's her so emotions, dumb. and then you've corrected yourself. And then she's like, "Oh, phew! Thank God, because I never thought I was ugly." <laughs> and that, then you captured I, I, her heart. Oh God! Some people oh believe in the. Some people believe the dumbest things. So they dumb. They get bad advice, and then they use it, and then in the real world, they get ridiculed. And I'm like, you just got paid to get ridiculed. Uh, sorry, you just paid to get paid ridiculed. Paid to get ridiculed. <laughs> you just, I would I would get paid to get ridiculed. I wouldn't care. But you just paid to get ridiculed, like, sweetie. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. But I mean, if you're desperate, it's like... <laughs> may, and I'm sure maybe there is some sort of tactic and psychology behind it, but... Don't pay for this shit. <laughs> yeah. But, like, also keep in mind that in real psychology, we understand that everyone is different and we understand yeah. nothing will work the same. Nothing has the same effect on everyone. Like, if someone's giving you these hacks and saying, you know, this will work on everyone or this works on 99% of people, the chances are it doesn't. Like, <laughs> like there is there is no easy way to navigate people. There is no easy way to navigate any kind of relationship, be it platonic romantic sexual like people people are hard like you you live and you learn you get to know people you like do you know what i mean there there is no easy way around it oh yeah absolutely like, <laughs> pop psych isn't going to teach you how to how to excel at all of those things because the the reality of the situation is while there are certain things you can do to boost your social skills that i will acknowledge is a thing um in general, it's, like, beyond that that kind of getting your foot in the door, like, having good social skills, you know, it's up to how you and the other person mesh, and it's it's different for everyone and every dynamic. Um, so, moral of the story is don't trust the, 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 you know, gurus online who are like, I'm going to teach you how to get laid, um, because that's gross. Um, I mean, and that just, yeah, I, that goes for any anything any guru online talking about anything sex body image eating dieting every <laughs> basically don't trust us <laughs> <laughs> don't trust us because we've talked about 90% of those things <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we're just sharing our experience. Yeah. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt, but then throw the salt over your shoulder. Really? So I read that in a book. I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on to like um, the Barnum effect. Um, yes. This is the fun, the fun stuff. The astrology gaze and our They're star quaking. signs and how much we can connect to them. I think the funny thing is that is that star like our star signs it's like a general personality description that up like it's just general descriptors of positive traits positive desirable traits that anyone would want (laughs) you say it's specific to libras and i'm reading it like yes that's me (laughs) yeah it's so it's like so fun to me when i'll like name a random trait and be like oh my god like you're independent, and that's so Capricorn of you. And then people are like, oh my god, that's so true. Or the astrology gays are like, oh my god, you know me so well. (laughs) (laughs) You care about people's opinions. Oh my god, I do. Fuck, you've (laughs) caught me. (laughs) It's like... You you like to be around your friends. It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, because they're your friends. Like if you didn't like being around your friends, then there was then there's probably an issue. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to sort your friendships out, sweetie. <laughs> you want to succeed in life. Oh, oh my god, that's oh so true. That's but so the true. the astrology gaze would uh, they're just quaking. They're like the Barnum effect. I don't know her. Like I they they know. know they they know what it is, but then the astrology gaze are like, I choose not to believe it. I choose not to believe it. <laughs> it's I, like that I, meme of like uh the the sign that says like star signs aren't real and then the astrology gaze being like, that sign doesn't apply to me because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> oh holy lord. And I mean it comes to like psych um s- psychics as well. I <laughs> there's something genuinely very fun about a psychic but they know how to manipulate you and tell you what you want to hear and you will take what you want to hear from them and ignore the rest. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it's, that's so funny to me. Now, here's the thing. I'd hate to shatter anyone's, you know, like delusions about psychics, but I had a friend who was genuinely considering becoming a sugar baby. And then okay. he was like, wait, there's no, like, pre-set up infrastructure for male sugar babies who are looking for sugar daddies. So then he was like, what if I became, like, a phone sex operator? Um, like, one of those people who does phone sex. Yeah. Um, and then we went on those sites and they were all recruiting women, which makes sense because straight guys are probably the biggest, you know, audience and the people who will pay for that shit. Um, but what's really funny is the portal that we, that we checked out on it was like, which of the following are you, are you signing up for? And it's like phone sex. And then the next, the the next option, there were only two options on the page. The first one was phone sex. And the second one was, um, it was psychic services. So, you know, it's a little bit sketchy. Like you, like, you know, for sure, if if your phone sex operators are working on the same site, off of the same site or portal as your, your psychics, then like, it's a pretty good indication that it's not real. There's so much money in astrology and psychics and future readings (laughs) that of course it's going to be a little dodgy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, mama, you, you put in your full name when you, when you 
register for a reading. They'll look you up on the internet, find out all of this shit, find out if you're single, whatever. Uh, or like you, or if you don't have to do that, you'll walk in. They'll be like, "Oh, I see a ring. I see a ring tan line. Is their hair long, short? Are their hands soft or or coarse? You know, they can tell a lot from, uh, and like the way you carry yourself, the way you dress. Like, I what I would find really interesting is if someone changed all of that specifically for a psychic reading and like and and like went and exposed them when they got everything wrong. Oh, I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, what, like, because uh, they always, like, the big revelations is when they say, like, you know, you, like, you've lost someone recently, and they're like, how did you know I'm that? Like, yeah. <laughs> Just be like, you've lost someone recently. No, not really. Not really. <laughs> um, and they'll be like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, also, there's also someone, um, I can't remember who it was, but I remember she was a trans woman and a and a celebrity someone who really passes as like you know by like a like a biological like assigned female at birth like yeah. just just passing um i can't remember if it was isis king or uh oh, i can't remember who it was but trans actress um who went and got a psychic reading and because she passed so well the psychic was like and i can see in your future that you're going to get pregnant soon (laughs) 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 and she was like oh you sure sweetie you sure sure." (laughs) you probably like pay 80 dollars for that i once got um bowen or like reiki before Mm. um and like I don't know about that because it's like very like small little muscle movements. And I remember she asked me in the room, she was just like, um, cause she's kind of also meant to make predictions and stuff about where she can feel like your pain and things. Mm. Um, and she couldn't quite read me. And then I was like, Oh, I'm kind of having like stomach pain. She's like, Oh no, no. Yeah. 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 I felt, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was no, like, but- funny you mentioned. <laughs> but here's the thing. I genuinely do believe in some forms of like, okay, I don't, I think that I would say that like 80% of Reiki healers out there are fake. I would, I would say maybe like 80%, 70%, maybe 90%. I don't know. But I genuinely believe that the, that the kind of, um, the idea of healing through touch that isn't like massage, that's not like muscle based. I genuinely believe that that's a that that's a thing. Oh, okay, actually, um, because yeah, because in Chinese medicine they do that with like acupuncture, and oh, like, I thought you said um, healing through. No, oh no, no, no with, yeah. without touch. Oh no, healing through touch. That through touch, massage. yes, yeah, um, yeah. I I genuinely believe that's a thing. Like they do that with like acupuncture in Chinese medicine, um, and that's yeah. based on like pressure points. Um, and like the thing with the thing with acupuncture is that it literally increases the uh, the production of endorphins, um, s- things like things like that. J- just like I'm like good for them. Um, so I do believe that that, it, that it's possible, but I would say like maybe like seventy to ninety percent of all of the Reiki healers out there are probably fake. Um, when they like said, hover their hand above your arm and your back, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or okay. like they just like just rest their their palm yeah. on you for um, like the heat <laughs> the the other reason that that um 
I would say that Reiki healing, why I believe that Reiki itself is real and not, mm. and but I think that 80 to like 70 to 90 percent of the people who do it are probably fake, is because what's really interesting to me is that a Reiki healer, um, because I, I, I love this for me, I know someone who's a, who is a Reiki healer. This is this is funny. We've talked about this. He's he's one of my friends from uni. He's literally a Reiki healer. That's just that's tell him that's hilarious to, listen to, to me. This um, he, <laughs> wow, he how used did to he... be a science student, which is so funny. Oh my to god, me. how did um, he become a Reiki healer? Honestly, I don't know. But his dad's a bit of a hippie, from what he's told me. So okay, like yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, but um, the thing with like the people who do like energy healing is mm. that they say that um the 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 kind of like energy of like healing it feels very hot in their hands yeah um and here's the thing i kind of believe it because um in buddhist meditation when you when you are extremely extremely focused and you're in a certain like space with your meditation your hands suddenly feel really really hot and i'm like maybe it's the same thing so i'm skeptical but i'm like it's it's probably possible um yeah if, I mean, if you manifest it, it's possible. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) I mean, that's the idea. Because, like, I remember when I walked out of Reiki, like, I don't know, she wiggled a few muscles. But generally, like, it didn't didn't change anything. But, like, my mum swears by it. So, you know, like, (laughs) if if you believe in it um, and you feel better afterwards. Yeah. If you if you believe in it and you feel better afterwards, then by all means go ahead. Because if it genuinely has a positive impact on your life, then like you know Yeah, because also like just the whole process of getting Reiki as well, like it's nice, like put some oils. Very relaxing, out. yeah. Yeah, they talk um, to you, you're lying down, it's nice. This 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 friend of mine, um, he's the one who told me about the the incense. Yeah. Um so for your listeners out there who don't know, um Basically, a while back, I was buying crystals online as I do when I'm stressed about exams because oh, buying pretty and shiny things makes me feel better because I'm that gay. <laughs> um, and basically, um, the the place where I bought it from included this this like stick of incense as like a as oh, like a yes, gift, yes. and I didn't really realize what the what it was talking about. But they were like um, incense scent, and then it was called Super Hit. So. The incense was called Super Hit. And then I, I like, lit it. And I was like, oh, this smells really good. But then I remembered something. So this friend of mine, who I was saying was a Reiki healer, um, was uh, was telling me one time when we walked past one of those crystal shops that apparently the reason why their incense smells like that is because it's made to smell a little bit like weed so that when they actually do, uh, do smoke weed, uh, people can't tell because the entire place just smells like that incense, which smells like weed. Um, <laughs> so, I guess for that, for for that, like time. So, but like, if the if the incense is smelling like weed, wouldn't people be coming and searching anyway? No, because they would just be like, "Oh, that's just the incense." Right. Yeah. So even if people could identify the smell of weed, they could just blame it on the incense. And so, continue. Yeah. Of the story. <laughs> so my room just smelled like one of those crystal stores, uh, which is also the same smell as weed. So I guess my room just smelled like weed for a while. Um, <laughs> so that's fun. They are the 
best kind of stores, though. <laughs> they I kind love- of are. I live for the <laughs> fantasy of them, of, like, just... Yes. Yeah. Oh, my of... God, I went to, like, this witchcraft store in Melbourne, and, like, Is yeah, this I was just the looking... one in the Royal Arcade? Or... Yes, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, and it's so much... Like, there are actual witches in there, and they're, like, give you advice. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. so I just have this friend, um, yeah, this is happening in their life. And they're like, okay... I'm thinking Rose Quartz. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And you're like, like, I'm so... Like therapist, but make it crystals. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, this one's really rejuvenating. Like, it's just going to wash away their depression. Oh, thanks. Counselor, <laughs> but like, instead of solving your problems, they sell you crystals and uh, smudge sticks. That's... <laughs> smudge sticks? Yeah. I haven't um, heard. They're like, there's those little, like bundles of like dried herbs that you like burn and then there's smoke and then you know you waft it around people to remove the negative energy from them just you know casually appropriating the culture of indigenous australians yeah Um, we yeah we love that yeah we love that um Um, and my yeah choosing a spirit animal and (laughs) yikes all of that yeah um but i mean i do love angel cards that's a fun ritual (laughs) I mean, like, look, if it's stuff like that where it gives you, like, uplifting messages, like, (laughs) if you think it's worth the money, then go ahead. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a relaxing thing because, I mean, angel cards, whether it's an angel has literally chosen out the card for you and that's the message you needed to hear, whether that's true or not, it's created a space where you got to reflect on your life for a moment, ask a question read an uplifting quote and uh, try and apply that to your life. Like, that's not bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Whether angels are involved or not. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, now moving on from the astrology gaze to the corporate gaze. <laughs> to, the co- <laughs> to the marketing and advertising the- scams. <laughs> yes. Um. Here's the thing. I don't think they're scams. Um, What I find really interesting about them is the fact that the field is growing in terms of, like, their their application of psychology. And now because of that, we have this, like, weird middle space of, like, applied psychology, right? Um, Mm. And applied psychology is basically psychology that's applied for everyday kind of use. Um, And it's it's quite often used in things like marketing, where they're like, what is the best way to like based on the the literature of psychology and and the models of you know how persuasion and whatnot work how how do we you know make this ad more effective how do we get people to reflect on their actions how do we get people to stop speeding how do we get people to stop smoking like things like that how can we improve algorithms algorithms to make us more money exactly and that is social media um, what I find so interesting about that is that now that they're getting into that field, they're literally like taking advantage of, of the way that brains are hardwired to work and being like, let's make people spend four hours a day on our platform, TikTok, just watching like 10 second videos of people. There she is, my favorite topic. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, because it's like that um, kind of fruit machine effect of, am I going to get something good? bad then spend time on looking at the shit you like and then it feeds you more of that crap and then you've literally wasted four hours yeah on like 10 second videos that have not improved your life in any way yeah so (laughs) i mean it's fun of course it's fun of course you'll rave about it but like (laughs) 
it, you're not achieving that dream that you... <laughs> you're not manifesting when you're on TikTok, put it that way. The impossible dream. <laughs> uh, what, what is that song? I don't da, know. Da, da. But just I don't any... Know. Anytime you sing, I'm like, is this from Dreamgirls? <laughs> no, that is not from Dreamgirls. That is the impossible... I think it's called The Impossible Dream. I can't remember who it's by. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, but it is not Dreamgirls. 90% of what I sing is Dreamgirls, but this is not Dreamgirls. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, I think it's just like the voice as well. Like just uh, everything. Yeah, your singing style is very Dreamgirls. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Oh, it is, it was a compliment. <laughs> like Jennifer Hudson, Jennifer Holiday, like everyone who's in the Dreamgirls cast of like the movie version, like Beyonce, Anna Canoni Rose, like I love all of them. Like, can I just please be all of them? <laughs> um, Except if I got to choose a role, I'd have to be Effie White. Oh, <laughs> there was a oh my god, there was a Effie White joke in a movie the other day, and I was like, I. I understand. I get it. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Joe, for educating me. <laughs> yeah, honestly, Effie White is the the queen. I like. I I want to be the first, like, non-black, non-female person to sing Effie White, um, uh, like in a in an actual production of Dreamgirls. Uh, that would <laughs> that would be the dream. I'm not sure if. A produ- any production of Dreamgirls would cast you. Oh, no, but here's, here's the thing. <laughs> there are literally theatre shows that are miscast on purpose. Oh, serious? Um, That's fun. Yeah, yeah, like, it's literally uh, casts that are that do extremely well and are extremely talented and play the role very, very well, but would otherwise not be able to play that role because of the character and how they don't match up with them. Does that, that ever get, like, into, a like, a problematic field or, like... Um, I would say at times probably, but I yeah. think because it's quite a modern phenomenon, they tend to stay away from things that shouldn't be, you know, whitewashed or, or stuff like that. Um, you know, so no hairspray. Um, yeah, I was no, about to say, like, white person is motorbell yeah. mate, but wouldn't fly. Um, no, um, uh, what else? Um, there are... Yeah, there are a lot of um, movies. I guess because Legally Blonde deals a little bit with misogyny, I guess a, a man shouldn't play Elwoods. Um, I mean, I would play Elwoods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, I think we're, we've reached our hour. <laughs> we have. Go spend all your time on social media because they're manipulating you with your brain, which is a lot of fun. Uh, go watch some miscast shows because some of them are honestly really great and I want to play Effie White. So go and support the miscast shows so that Excellent. I can be Effie White in one one day. And if you want to have phone sex, call up Joe's friend. <laughs> oh, bye, everyone. That is a good note to end on. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>